Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. Big show today. A little bit of backed up news, but we spend most of our time actually on this huge email, a total level set from Uber CEO Dara Kazursahi. This is a big one. Yeah, I mean, he basically looks at what happened last week when they put out tremendous revenue numbers, just great numbers, a great beat for them. And their stock went down, lifts got crushed, all tech stocks getting crushed. And he's saying, listen, we got to tighten up here. The public market wants something different than what we're giving them. They want free cash flow. They want to see the profits. So we're going to show them the money. And he's basically outlining what that means practically for the company. And then Molly and I will talk about some of my predictions about layoffs and work from home colliding together and what the next six months is going to look like for tech workers and for companies. Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. Jason calls a bottom oh, or at least a bump, at least yeah. a bump. A bumping along the bottom, the bottom which yes. I, yeah, I'm not sure I totally disagree with. I think uh, I think we're pretty close, but I also don't think it's going to be as bad as we all think it's going to be like this is not necessarily going to be a disaster. Anyway, we're going to talk about what it means in the short term, let's say the summer mm. uh, for the tech industry and the employees who may be laid off and the employees who may be thinking I'm quitting over this work from home policy like a high level Apple employee and uh, what it's all going to look like for the next couple months. And then. Some good news, the government did something right, maybe 20 years too late. It sounds like right about government time. It's going to be a great show. Stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Embroker. Embroker's startup insurance program helps startups secure the most important types of insurance at a lower cost and with less hassle. Save up to 20% off of traditional insurance today at Embroker.com slash twist. While you're there, get an extra 10% off using offer code twist. Dell for startups. Visit Dell.com slash twist to apply for Dell for startups and save up to 45% off on select items. And our crowd. Our crowd helps you invest early in pre-IPO companies alongside professional VCs. If you're interested in investing, you can join our crowd for free at OURCROWD.com slash twist. All right, everybody, welcome to Monday. How Monday, Monday. Molly? How should we Monday. get Molly? Good. good you weekend. know, um, Warriors I wisely, one. I, Warriors one, I wisely gave myself a little stomach bug for Mother's Day, oh, which meant fantastic. that Happy I spent Mother's the whole day. day. Thank you. I spent the whole yeah. day on the couch watching sci-fi. Oh. I've subjected my son to all the Halo episodes on Paramount Plus. Ah, you know, I had watched the first one and I enjoyed it. Um, does it get better or is it sort of like, you know, just serviceable sci-fi? I, I would go ahead and just start at episode five because episode five is the video game. And I wow, was like awesome. losing it, texting my brother. I'm like, dude, they're fighting banshees and warthogs right now. Like this, the energy sword. It was super exciting and thrilling. And ah. then episode six is amazing. And episode seven, I'm up to, they're, they're not all out you, yet. You really binged, huh? Wow, you went for it. Well, I had watched the first three already. So I went from four I, I to seven. Watched the first 10, 15 minutes of the um, new Star Trek. And that's got goosebumps. Great. Um, yeah. And then quickly fell asleep like an old man. <laughs> yeah, was like, that's we had fair. a whole day out with the girls on Saturday. Uh, well, we went to, to see Dr. Strange. And Thursday, was, but... Yeah. Oh, you did? Yes. See, I my plan for Mother's Day was to see everything everywhere all at once. I've seen a I lot of people tweeting. I want to see that so badly. Me too. But and is a it lot for of kids or tweeting. not? Yeah, I think it is actually. Like older, maybe a little older. 15 or something, maybe not yeah. 12. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think you could take your oldest. I just wouldn't okay. take the twins. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, but I hear it's metaverse. Like yes. and people are freaking out and crying and out. having existential moments. I saw somebody crying on TikTok talking about it but oh god really it didn't seem like a mentally stable person to begin with you know the people who yeah i'm not saying people who cry easily <laughs> hello i'm saying people <laughs> who seem deranged who uh, kind of yeah. lose it and then need to make media. it into content yeah yeah you know these people on social media who just like lose it and attack everybody for no reason randomly I feel like <laughs> i've heard of that heard of those people. sometimes that happens maybe they have delusions that they're being persecuted, persecuted or and delusions of grandeur and that the world's maybe. against them and there's a grand conspiracy grand conspiracy i don't definitely. know if there's any grand i don't know if there's anybody in our orbit who is experiencing a grand conspiracy so. and trying it's to stop the abuse of the angel investor class so much abuse so much abuse i mean that's I mean, what we need to do in this society is get the abuse under control 
Absolutely. And, and speaking of abuse, we did our 250th syndicate deal. So we abused our 250th founder by dropping Aww. a bag of money on their heads. Um, all right, let's get to it. What's let's in do the it. Smile? Let's, let's do, do it. it. Di- by um, the way, Dr. Strange is amazing. Uh, okay, good. And good. I am here for the, I think it's the fourth or fifth part of the MCU, phase four or five. Yeah. This phase four is going to be sick. And, the multiverse uh, stuff is exciting. Okay, don't spoil it, but I'm excited. I'm not going to spoil anything about it. I really want there to be a double know. header. I want a double header of everything everywhere and then Doctor Strange, like yes. the two multiverse options. At I the just driving. love that we're talking about the space-time continuum. And, you know, they, this really, as much as this is um, Doctor Strange, which one of my favorite characters, it's really Scarlet Witch. I mean, this <gasps> is the TV. The, 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 it basically, the TV show is the you know uh, whatever they call that not the epilogue but the prologue the setup right yeah it's kind of the setup to all this and so it's kind of cool that they have disney plus like if you don't own disney plus and you see this you're kind of gonna be delighted going back and watching you know wandavision wandavision right i'm like i just want to call it the scarlet god that show was so good and loki too was also a good setup these are almost like the prereqs they're just doing like really interesting stuff and mining that stuff. And then of course we have may the fourth be with you, but the Obi-Wan they're calling it a special six part series now, like a six part event, which I kind of like that. They're saying like, Hey, this isn't just Mandalorian. This is like big effing deal, but there's some big effing news. I think maybe starting with this Uber email, full disclosure, I was the third or fourth investor in Uber. (laughs) If you haven't been watching this podcast, if you you haven't watched (laughs) <laughs> the last 900 episodes if you just arrived which could be the case and if so it's welcome possible. you welcome. are in for a treat <laughs> where you been <laughs> somebody's always new somewhere that's true um, fair enough yeah. so after meeting this is a very interesting kind of uh level set email from uber mm-hmm. ceo dara kosersahi after meeting with large investors in new york and boston uber ceo dara wrote in an email to all employees on sunday night mm. so sunday night couldn't even wait till monday no that's a big um that's a big statement yeah it is a big statement on like Mother's Day and Sunday night wrote in and said, all right, here's the deal. We need to actually turn a profit. Mm-hmm. We need to make money and show free cash flow right. in order to win faith from investors, which is such a, is so interesting given all that we've been talking about lately about yeah. the Twitter board and, you know, Barry at Peloton and how to move forward. Let's do a quick catch up though, before we get into the substance of the email. The stock, Uber stock, is currently trading at a $47.5 billion market cap. Last week, we covered their earnings, which were great, right? Revenue was up 136% year over year. Annualized revenue is something like $27.4 billion, meaning Uber's only trading at 1.7 times. Wild. They're 2022, right? Like the the faith definitely is not there from the public market investors. And evidently, maybe even... From the private market investors, Uber's down yeah. 60% from the mid-pandemic high, even as people get back in cars again. Yep. And it's down 45% year-to-date from $44 yeah. a share to $24 a share. Yeah. So it's it's gotten whacked. And all tech stocks have. I mean, the SaaS companies, Peloton, Zoom, uh, I mean, just even Snowflake. I mean, a lot of these have compressed. We've talked about it over and over again. That's fine. But um, what we're starting to see is... Um, valuations that are making you go wait a second does that make any sense so what's mm-hmm. happening here we know there's been a market correction uh and money is coming out of the system inflation is happening at the same time this quantitative easing has turned into the government actually selling their positions uh in the debt markets and so and we're in a recession uh yeah. in all likelihood we had in one all in all likelihood the first quarter was negative growth just like one percent and change and so we'll see if we have two percent or one percent or 0.5 percent or three percent who knows what negative could be in the second quarter um the economy uh constricting um and some of that has to do with the war some of it has to do with supply chain the, su- the war is exacerbated supply chain anyway you have all these headwinds right. and crazy events going on but the reality is you have companies putting up phenomenal numbers mm-hmm. and when they release their phenomenal numbers their stocks are going down so this is a combination of retail quantitative easing et cetera et cetera um but Dara is just not going to um, take it lying down. He basically wrote this email to employees and he said, um, after earnings, uh, which remember we talked about last week, they moved up because lifts were so terrible. He moved the earnings up and Mm -hmm. he said, basically, he spent several days with investors in New York and Boston. This shows you, you know, how 
tuned in Dara is as an executive because he's done this before. What was he at Expedia before he was running Expedia, yeah, I, so. I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so he really understands the highly operational businesses in Wall Street and, and how to, you know, manage customers, partners, you know, investors, employees, all that stuff. Um, but you know, th this, I would say is probably the fidelities and the Morgan Stanley's of the world, people who own big positions in Uber. And um, now they're gonna want to see something different. They are uh, in a flight to quality, everybody's going to buy companies or not sell companies, uh, depending on um, the situation, like Apple, or Microsoft companies mm -hmm. that just print money. Mm -hmm. uh, and in some of those cases, they buy back shares. And so he says, Hey, you know what, we are just going to have to prove it to the markets. Uh, and I remember this from the dot com era, all of the companies went down together. And then some of the companies then recovered, some didn't, right? Some of them just yep. permanently stayed down. They were not viable businesses. And so what he's basically saying in this email, and I'll let you read it is, Hey, listen, we just need to be in the bucket where people understand this can be profitable. And everybody knows Uber can be profitable. You've seen the prices go up, you've seen the wages go up, all the stuff they said would happen has basically happened. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to be software level margins, but clearly they could have free cash flow. I'm going to quickly explain one crucial type of insurance that all startups need. It's DNO insurance. You've heard of this before. You might not know what it is. This is directors and officers insurance, and it helps if somebody does something dumb and you get sued. I don't know how to tell you more plainly, or maybe you didn't do something dumb and some dumb person decides to sue you for a dumb reason. I have seen this. I've seen all flavors of it. You need to have DNO. It's just part of growing up as a startup. And if you don't have business insurance, well, you're going to have failed one of the first steps of being a founder. The best place to look for it is in broker and brokers technology is going to save you time. It's going to save you money. Prices are up to 20% lower and you get better coverage than the incumbents. You can go from sign up to quote and purchase in just 10 minutes. When you work with in broker, instead of all those slow incumbents, you're not dealing with those giant lumbering large companies. Sign up takes days, not weeks. And the process is transparent. There is no opaque pricing. So to instantly buy custom built insurance for startups, go to inbroker.com slash twist. While you're there, you're going to get an extra 10% off by using the code twist. Easy to remember this week in startups, T-W-I-S-T. Go to inbroker, E-M-B-R-O-K-E-R.com slash twist and use that offer code. Yeah. I'll read some of the the yeah. kind of like key nuggets from this email. And and I think this is a good point to remind people that Uber still, I think, as a public company, has never been profitable. So the they had fundamentally they've had moments, right? Where they sort of like Well, it was based on external investments and selling shares of right. other external investments. So if you net those out, they've always been right at break even uh since Dara sort of took over. Like a year mm -hmm. after that, he just got it to this like sort of break even. Point. Right. And right before COVID, they were like pretty close. And so yes. now it's like, all right, look, our investors are saying, show us mm -hmm. if a business like this can be profitable. What are we going to do? So yeah. Dara writes, the average employee at Uber is barely over 30, which means you've spent your career in a long and unprecedented bull run. And the next yep. period will be different and will require a different approach. Rest assured, we are not going to put our heads in the sand. We will mm. meet the moment. He said, among other things, investors are happy with deliveries growth coming out of the pandemic, he really sort of differentiated between these two businesses and talked about the importance of them both. He mm -hmm. said they like this delivery thing, but now they want to know, quote, is delivery a good business and why? What happens if we enter a recession? We need Rodara to answer both of those questions with undeniably strong results. Right. He also said meeting the moment means making trade-offs. The hurdle rate for our investments has gotten higher Mm -hmm. And that means that some initiatives that require substantial capital will be slowed. Got it. So he's, this yeah. is, here's the market conditions. This is great leadership. Here's yep. reality. He's painted reality. And not just the reality of the situation uh, for the company, but the reality for the people who work at the company. You may have never seen this before. You've only lived in an up market. Something I, I actually said recently on this, I've said it a couple of times in these podcasts, like either here or all in or both, that, hey, We've got a generation of founders who've never done a downturn, so we'll see which ones can adjust at this time. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's defining reality, and he's yep. actually even saying, and your perspective as a 30-year-old might need to change because you haven't experienced this before, but hey, I can tell you what the reality is like after this. And then he's then starting to prepare them for what the plan will be. Mm -hmm. so this is great leadership. Define mm -hmm. reality and then start explaining the plan. Yep. And the plan here is 
when he says hurdle rate for investments has gotten higher, hey, if we want to start a new business, if we want to start a new initiative, and we want to invest in that, invest is a fancy way of saying lose money mm -hmm. in the short term to make money in the long term, yeah. we're going to have to pick our shots. We can't just decide willy nilly, we're going to start an Airbnb competitor, or we're going to, you know, uh, do micro mobility, and we're going to, we're going to do scooters again, or, you know, jump bikes or whatever, you know, like, yeah. we're going to have to pick right. our battles, we can't, we can't have seven wars that we're losing money in we're gonna and have, you to, have to show and start me making money yeah a plan for how yeah. this investment is going to make money right like not just a like let's try this and see if it works which it which is fine when you have happy investors and lots of money coming in the door but when you don't you have to be able to say this is how this plan is gonna is gonna have roi yes um I, another interesting thing about delivery is that he was like they love um delivery which surprised me because I actually think delivery should be growing even faster. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, that was kind of cool. He's like, sure, it's fine, but it should be better. Um, he said the least efficient marketing and incentive spend will be pulled back. We will treat hiring as a privilege. And They've been big on marketing at Uber since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I think that was because they were in a very competitive race. You had the door dashes of the world. You had the lifts of the world. You had a lot of competitors. And so they did spend money. They had money in the bank. Why not do a Super Bowl commercial? Why not do these ad campaigns? Everybody has seen Uber ad campaigns, Lyft ad campaigns, DoorDash ad campaigns, Uber Eats campaigns. You know, maybe those uh, will be consolidated into things that are more effective. Yeah. So that means maybe radio ads stay, maybe television goes, maybe outdoor goes, maybe, you know, influencer ads go up. Like, there's different strategies here that could be more effective and you could track the ROI. So mm -hmm. instead of just saying, put 10% of our revenue towards marketing, which is sometimes what businesses do, they just pick a percentage of the revenue, and just say, Yeah, that's a reasonable number to spend. Yeah. And then the marketing department isn't really looking at ROI, maybe as much as they need to. So they could move to that. This is, I think, one of the reasons why uh, people give Elon a lot of credit, he's used his personal charisma, and the product to kind of sell itself. And, and mm -hmm. listen, Tesla has no natural competitors or hasn't really had a natural competitor up until now, really. Uh, yeah. And actually, some of those competitors I notice are doing ads online, uh, um, ads on TV. On and TV, stuff. yeah. I did see actually. I mean, it might be the car that you got. What's the name of the car you got? The Polestar. They did a Polestar Super Bowl is, ad. Yeah, I saw them. On, I saw a TV ad for them. Um, oh, yeah. So that was interesting. Um, and Ford has an ad for the Lightning that I think is actually like. Well, it's funny because the Polestar ad took a little bit of a swipe at Tesla by saying like, "We're not trying to go to Mars. We're just trying to make cars," and it was funny. But then Ford okay. has now Zuckerberg that. that idea and made this really snotty ad real for the mistake. lightning. And that's I'm just mistake. like, you know what? That's that's such like, a mistake. Just Polestar, because they're like they've got that European DNA, right? They did it uh, with subtlety and class. Yes. <laughs> and then Ford stomped in there with the big American truck version that's basically like yeah, not come on. You, like, what you want to do is talk about the value of your clunker. product. So I think one of the cars has this I don't know if it's a Rivian or something. Somebody just went over the top and made a 600 ra mile range car. I, it's actually like a really bad idea um, to do that for the environment and just completely it's not unnecessary. Necessary. The car has to be it's 400, four Yes, exactly. So the weight's Sword. working against you for most rides. Like most journeys in an electric car are, you know, 10 miles, 20 yeah. miles, 30 miles. So now you're dragging a 600 mile battery pack that's working against you, right? Yeah. 400 is um, the sweet spot, I think. I think that probably is a sweet spot because you can San Francisco to LA, drive. man. Yeah, five hour LA, drive. Five hour drive. You, and you nobody from, wants to be in a car for more than five hours and not get up. You have to take a bio break and get a cup of coffee. It's true. Um, so anyway, Dara Continue. goes on. We will be even more hardcore about costs across the board. He is warning right. everybody. We will treat hiring as a privilege, he said. And then he said that they mm. would be deliberate about when and where we add headcount. So the hiring. Smart. So he's not necessarily signaling layoffs. But he is saying, you're not getting all the help you want. He's basically saying hiring freeze. Hiring freeze. That's what I read without I saying the so. word hiring freeze. And Facebook and Meta is doing a hiring freeze. So we'll talk about this in a moment after we do his thing, but uh, layoffs and, and the contagion that can occur. But keep going. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. Um, but here's this big super, super pumped, pumped yes. energy at the end, which is. I've never been more certain we will win. But we it's will going win. to demand the best of our DNA. Hustle, grit, and category-defining innovation. Some places will have to pull back to sprint ahead. 
that's basically tipping cards about layoffs or shutting down units or maybe kind offices of. in certain places. Yeah. We will absolutely have to do more with less. Again, we might shut an office down. We might get rid of a department. Uh, we might do layoffs. This will not be easy, but it will be epic. I like that. Easy, epic. You got two epic. E's in there. That's a, just a great way to get that, uh, not rhyming, but a little bit of that alliteration going. Remember who we are, period. Remember who we are. Good short sentence, tight, punchy. We are Uber, a once-in-a-generation company that became a verb and changed the world forever. This is a true statement. Let's yeah. write the next chapter of our story working together as pound hashtag one Uber. And let's make it legendary. Go get it, caps. Go get it. it. He wrote this after the Warrior game. I think it's like a Warrior game. I bet he did. He's writing it during the Warrior. He's a Warriors fan. All fired um, up. Listen, if you know anything about this week in startups, you know we love our Dell gear. And right now, Dell has a semi-annual sale going on where Twist listeners can save up to 45% on select items. We love the 39-inch UltraShop Curve monitors so much that we send them to every single new employee here at This Week in Startups. Dell wants to help startups scale their tech stack because the company is rooted in startup culture. In fact, we had the founder, Michael Dell, on the show back on episode 1293. And he told the origin story of Dell, which is a classic startup story. And now Dell has launched Dell for Startups, a program dedicated to equipping startups with the best tech in the world. Of course, I'm talking about Dell monitors and laptops, but I'm also talking about cloud services and IT infrastructure. Dell helps startups by giving them access to a team of IT advisors, helping them access capital for building out tech stacks and exclusive rewards. We love our Dells here. I'm sitting here surrounded by Dell monitors and Dell laptops, and you can do that too. Just visit dell.com slash twist to get those savings today and apply for Dell for startups. Again, go to dell.com slash twist for up to 45% off. So it's great. I like it. I like yeah. him being charged. I like him being out there. Um, and uh, and he also Deirdre, really Deirdre Bosa, by the way, got this. So congratulations, Deirdre Bosa, who leaked this. Yeah, at or CNBC, was to her I think. Or yeah. yeah, at CNBC. Um, I like that he Full also signals Deirdre. Full contact, Deirdre. She, Full contact. Where, she knows she's like I don't know oh, what she they really did, is. but they told her to go full contact at some point, and I was on, and she was always like very jovial with me. And she was just like, but what about this? What about this? And I was like, well, if you let me finish, <laughs> like, I don't usually do that. I usually just talk over people, but I didn't want to just talk over her. So I was like, well, you, if you ask me the question, you got to let me finish. And she was like, fair enough. <laughs> but nice. that was like one of those contentious. You're like, uh, huh? Yeah, I huh. like CNBC, but I don't like the like, I don't like when I'm just like, I'm watching angry. a screaming match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. But he seems to be, if you read sort of between the lines here. I think Dara seems to be saying that they are all in on uh, potentially hailables and taxi, which is interesting. Yes. Like we're going to keep taxis what on our platform. I have no clue what that is. And I even as I said it out loud, I was word. sort of embarrassed. I think it means like flagging down Hailable. a taxi, like old school, yes. like flag, like you see an Uber and you can be like, pick me okay, up. Okay, So I guess the taxi in some markets, that's a term hailables and somebody to look it up for us. Um, but they did add taxis in San Francisco. They're adding taxis in New York and San Francisco. We know that. So maybe Hellable is just a, a general category on a global basis for raise your hand, get a ride. Got it. I think so. Yeah. Or it could be code um, word for something. Hailables and taxi delivery and mobility, which I mm -hmm. think is the overarching term for get a ride in a car. And he's like, our strategy is really simple. Bring in consumers on either mobility or delivery, encourage them to try the other and tie everything together with a compelling membership program. Mm. Uh, well, I just found a, a link. Uber subscription, maybe? Oh, Uber One is a subscription, yes. I think oh, they right. call it Uber One. That's, That's their right. Amazon Prime. I'm a member right. of it. They they have not done a great job marketing it yet. Uh, but the value prop is really. you get discounts for rides and upgrades. So you order an Uber X, they might send an Uber Black. Um, you, yes, please. Yeah, no, and, and uh, I think you pay like five bucks a month and, you know, 60 bucks a year. So it's their Amazon Prime. And then you get uh, priority delivery for free. You know how uh -huh. sometimes they deliver two or three things and you're like the last in the daisy chain of pad thai being delivered and it comes like cold? Yeah. Um, they give you like straight shot delivery, which I think they call priority delivery. And then I mm. think you don't have to pay certain fees uh, for delivery. You get a discounted thing. Got um, it. But I just found a software engineer level two driver Hallables in um, when I did my search for Hallables. The street yep. hail industry, taxis, auto rickshaws, yep. and motorcycle sharing is a multi-billion dollar industry largely untapped by Uber. 
The Hallables team is responsible for building technology that caters to this industry, building from zero to one our product offering in the space. We want the top of the mind choice of any rider who wants to hop on the back of a taxi, auto rickshaw or motorcycle. You will have the opportunity to work from the ground up building and scaling systems. I like it. Yeah. Um, so, so they really are saying we're coming for the we're coming for every version of a ride that you would get, whether that's flagging down a rickshaw or a taxi in the street, calling a car in advance, calling every level of car, a big car, a small car, a crappy car, a fancy car hmm. and a taxi. This is something I think Uber could do a great job of. Um, I think Uber should launch because I did this when I was in France one time. I think I did it twice. When I when I would go to France and I'd be alone, mm-hmm. I would take a motorcycle from I think Charles de Gaulle to Paris. Um, motorcycle picks you up. You don't have to wrap your hands around the dude. It's like those. It's a second seat that's a little bit higher. Oh yeah, that has its own like grip bar or whatever. Yeah, you hop on the back of this motorcycle. It's got room for your bags in the back. And boom, you're in Paris in 20 minutes, as opposed to oh. an hour and a half or an hour or whatever, you know, with the traffic. And they zip you through traffic, you can split traffic. And uh, there are like incredible drivers who are just, I always thought there should be a service I've been pitched on it many times in LA and other places of this, I think they should do it with Vespas um, that have mm-hmm. the second Vespa seat, mm-hmm. and just design it so you don't have to wrap your per- arms around the person. That's always the thing mm-hmm. that's a little weird, could be very, very weird for weird. women as well. It's very weird arms for everybody. It's like it's already weird enough to be in a car with somebody you don't know. But no, to ride you. safely, exactly. Full no, thank you. But if you were in a, there are people who are in places where it's a little bit, uh, it's a lot of traffic, and this is a faster way to get around. You you might actually consider it. I think it could actually work in some. I could see hipster kids in New York and stuff like that loving getting a Vespa to pick them up and zip them home. Yep. And record time for a dollar or less or whatever. Well, these honestly, cost like. Much get less. all those cars off the road and replace a lot of them with electric scooters. Be great. And boom, you're talking about a massive traffic and environmental impact done. Well, and you think about it as an investment. It's like people, it would be like a new product for Americans, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that means you have to educate them. It's risky, da da da. But it could also be exhilarating and fun. And you could get behind a new trend where people say, I, I don't want a giant car taking me home. I want to save money. I want to save gasoline. I want to have less of an environmental impact. I don't want, I want to get there quicker. Yeah. Because these things just can go right to the front of the line. They're allowed to split traffic. So um, the Revel scooters uh, and some of those electric scoot, I guess, was the other company. Mm-hmm. Those became a little bit of a phenomenon in New York or whatever. It, it got They're a lot cool. of I just think you actually ideally need a driver. Like, I think what you're describing is actually the way to make this take off because not yes. everybody knows how to drive them. Not everybody is good at driving them. It's well, like a little unsafe. This. this is what the Hellable should do. Mm-hmm. They should just take these, the people who drive these for Uber should park in front of Chase Center and just have 20 of them waiting for the game to come out. They yeah. should park in front of whatever the hottest bar in Manhattan is or Williamsburg. And just if you're driving one of these, you drive there. And then instead of calling an Uber, you take it, the Uber driver takes theirs out, you take their app out, you tap NFC, or you scan their um, QR, your QR code, your you QR put a QR code, code on yeah. the side of it, yeah. boom, somebody scans a QR code, and it joins the car so for the team uh, this is obvious but for the hell abilities team at uber put a qr code on the back of the person's phone or a sticker on the scooter and if you want to take the ride you say hey you're available the person's like yes obviously i'm available and you maybe you have like an available sign you Mm -hmm. know uh, take out your uber app yeah and you just put a light on it that says available and boom and whoever gets there first you get a ride oh my god just drink think about all these drunk producers we have working for us (laughs) think about all of the Think about the three New York City area producers and they are doing their, you know, because they are producers. They don't drink during the week. They just they just day drink on the weekends. They're brunching (laughs) it out. I caught my nephew with three drinks in front of him at brunch this week on a Mother's Day. That's Mother's Day. (laughs) It's Mother's Day. I don't even want to know what producer Nick's doing on not Mother's Day. (laughs) But I saw two sangrias and another beverage. And I don't I can't verify what the other beverage was. Nick, you deserve it. It was a red, a white and a coffee. Which is the Nikki? That's the Nikki special. You deserve it. She had a red, a red sangria, a white, a white and a sangria. Couldn't decide. Amazing. Why decide? Just have yeah. one of each. Yeah. And then you had a coffee. with anything in the well, coffee? We got two and I was trying both. They were small cups. Carafs. Mm-hmm. Oh, All I right. see. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, two carafs. I love that's this. What they called it. I don't know. That's what they called it. Carafs. Called them pitchers, but they called it carafs. So okay. All right. Well, you yeah, have. I'm Rome. glad you didn't fall into a crevice when you had your caraf. Um, a crevasse. Crevasse. Uh, a caraf. Crevasse. Is it kind of a, am I saying it wrong? Correct. 
Carafe. Carafe. Uh, I mean, carafe. I like I like it. It's classy. I like it. It's pretty great. It's, it's classy, man. I was at Mother's Day brunch classy. and I had a carafe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with my cafe. Seen the what did you before. put in the coffee? You have bellies in that coffee? You'll be honest. No, 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 no. no Kalu- I love a Kahlua in my coffee. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll do that for Friday. Everybody get a little Kahlua special. No, I do Ooh. espresso martinis. They're You're not going to be here. It makes amazing espresso, obviously, as you know. And espresso You have a Terra Cafe? Espresso martinis well, are a thing. Yeah. Of course. Did I buy that for you? You bought it yourself? No. You have that. So you make yourself a little tight espresso with that. And then you, you shake it, me. you ice it up, and you put <laughs> yeah. a little vodka with it? Yeah. Uh, Stoli vanilla. Ooh. Yep. Two tablespoons of Stoli vanilla. Well, if you're making two, two tablespoons of Stoli vanilla, a tiny bit of Kahlua, and I have something called Bouvery, which is a chocolate liqueur. Just a little tiny bit of that. Ooh. You don't want it too creamy. You want it like nice and black. And then, yeah, you shake that up with some ice. It's bomb. And you Ooh. drop three espresso, you drop three coffee beans in it for- Of course, um, look at you fancy. Good luck. Father, yeah. Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, of course. Good luck. Look okay, at you. It's got to stay in the show. That's this, this is, is in the show. amazing. Three beans. Three beans. Oh, three what's beans? going on over here? You get three beans. Let me get a buka. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was, this is uh, the greatest if you serve a guy ever. in Brooklyn, like a Sambuca with two or one, I mean, you literally could start a fight. Dude. Like it would so be like the biggest is, insult ever. It's so funny you say this. We were at, uh, we went to dinner with um savino took the whole new york team out a couple months ago i heard about and, this i didn't uh, get the bill for this they hid the bill in accounting somewhere <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna find that yeah. bill mike savino um ordered a like sambuca or something and it was, it was they, they brought and it was a really italian place that we were at shout out to nino's um mcdougall street what's up um and they brought him out a little sambuca shot with three be- <laughs> coffee beans in it and he was like i've never seen coffee beans in a sambuca before and the waiter, who's like complete Staten Island, like Highland Boulevard, like oh, he was like, yeah, the, 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 whole, the holy Trinity guy, the young holy Spirit, <laughs> guy, like, yeah, what, you know, Jesus Christ, Christ. come on, yeah. the Holy Mother. <laughs> all right, so God sorry bless. to Lord, I'm sorry let to me someday go out to dinner with Savino. That's all I care about. Oh, it's yeah, gonna all I care about. Someday, as in next week. Someday, as in next week. Yeah, you're. Gonna I want Savino ordering the wine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm doing my so, seven day tone up. This I told week. Savino when we went Be to ready. Hong Kong, I was like, come to Hong Kong with me. I don't have time, but I want to hit like, I want to hit at least three Michelin stars. We did six. Uh, so we just, that guy we knows just how demolished to Hong Kong. He knows how to <laughs> I live. I was like, here's your job. Find the hotel and book reservations everywhere. Boom. And he, he nailed it. Uh, and now I got Precious, my chief of staff. So the next trip is going to be even more crazy. All around the world, tech companies are innovating and driving returns for investors, and our crowd is an investment platform that analyzes many of these companies across the global private market. Then they select startups with the greatest growth potential and bring them to you. From personalized medicine to cybersecurity to robotics and quantum computing and so much more. In state-of-the-art labs, startup garages, or anywhere in between, our crowd identifies innovators so you can invest when growth potential is greatest, and that's early. Our crowd's accredited investors have already invested over $1 billion in growing tech companies, and many of their members have benefited from their 46 IPOs or exits. So if you want to get in there, you want to get in early, you want to read those deal memos and really understand the business, it's a free education and you can truly diversify your portfolio by investing in early innovative private market companies at our crowd. Join the fastest growing venture capital investment community by going to ourcrowd.com slash twist. That's O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D.com slash twist. Anyway, um, I think it's- I love it here. So let's wrap up the uh, Uber story. Let's wrap up the Uber thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Uber clearly signaling, I think, a couple really interesting things. One is that they see the opportunity to take, like, seize this moment in time, which is like, look, there's a pullback. Nobody's in a question. Any hard choices that you make. And also, clearly, institutional investors are like, look, we've been patient long enough, but we're not at a point where we can just continue to funnel money at this thing until you show us that you're willing to make the hard choices. I feel like if you consider the long, super pumped journey, mm. we're now at the point we kind of knew we'd always be at where it's like, Dara, yeah. show are us you going to do it? Show us the money. Show us the money. It's Jerry Maguire moment. And here's the thing. Great. Um, it's going to be easy enough for them to do. You just cut the cost. You cut expenses 10%. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, you may have to raise prices a little bit here. You may cut some marketing there, uh, but they'll easily do it. And then if you look at what's happening in the public markets, 
Um, this will be great for employees because their stock options will accelerate and rise. Yeah. And I think um, when you're, I'm looking at the market right now, and not the overall market, but specifically tech stocks, I think, and I'm going to call it right now, we're here mm -hmm. on um, Monday, Monday, May 9th. May 9th. I believe we are uh, doing what I call bouncing along the bottom. Mm -hmm. So I okay. don't think there's going to be uh, precipitous drops um, in the tech stocks from here. Because listen, I mean, it's easy call to make if they're down 70 80%, you know, they could go to 80 90%. But we're, we're bouncing along the bottom to where the cash in the bank at some companies, and the revenue of these companies is so great, and the cash in the bank is so great, that they can flip the switch, make the hard decision, and the company becomes like if a company is valued at two times revenue, one times revenue, or they have 5 billion in cash, and they're worth 7 billion. Now you're saying the enterprise value is worth 2 billion, if they bought that stock back from the public market for the 5 billion they had, mm -hmm. then they'd have a $2 billion market cap. And I think certain companies like Peloton, Robinhood are going to start to fall into this category, uh, Lyft might even, if they, yeah. um, you know, tighten up their business, because they're only worth 7 billion, right? Uh, then they become potential buyout uh, candidates. Now, if they're gonna get bought out, they have to be bought out for a premium, the premium typically is 50%. So what you're going to see here is this is I think the bargain hunting summer the summer bargain hunt. I yeah. think this is a unique opportunity between now May 9th, and call it when we get back in September, uh, sell in May and go away is what people typically say. Um, you know, it's going to be a really tough market for the next couple of months. But I think I am calling a bottom. Now that doesn't mean it's not going to go down a little bit more. I'm calling the bouncing along the bottom of the bottom. And now's the time to bargain hunt in my mind, for the companies you think that can pull off this change. Mm -hmm. um, and I think stock buybacks is something we might see. If a company is sitting on a ton of cash, like, you know, Robinhood is or Uber is, and they get to profitability, if you see them start saying, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna do a buyback of, you know, $100 million or 250 million. Right. Um, and so you know, this is the case, because what you'll also see is the CEOs of these companies that may have sold shares earlier, and they may have sold them at a premium now start buying their own shares back. Mm -hmm. Because we if a CEO this. we did, right? Yeah, uh, with Daniel, who, who was Spotify? It? Ah, yes, that's it. Mm -hmm. he, Nick read my mind on that one, put it right there in the chat. <laughs> okay, oh, there it is. Okay. So um, this is a classic move. When you believe your stock is undervalued, if the CEO goes and buys 10 million, uh, or something like that, you know, five, 10 million, something that feels in this like case, a, 50. Is okay, how much well, that's I a put big in bet. Spotify. Yeah. So wow. Daniel, I'm guessing Daniel, um, you know, probably had a chance to sell some shares at some point, you know, before the IPO, whatever, maybe he cashed out a couple hundred million. Because um, I don't think you can buy your own share back on a margin loan, you might be able to actually if his margin loan was for a couple of billion dollars, I don't see why he couldn't buy 50 million. So he may have a huge margin loan that he can take if he owns 2 billion worth of Spotify or three, I don't know what his position right. in Spotify is worth. But let's just pick a number 3 billion. Certainly, he could, you know, take 10% of that and buy $300 million worth of shares. That's the ultimate mm -hmm. insider move to do. And like, you're not doing that if in all likelihood to manipulate the stock, you're doing it to show the stock is undervalued, right. and right. you believe the best is and that you're not going anywhere that you're not gonna, I mean, you're certainly not going anywhere with that little investment. Yeah. And then Nick makes the point, I think, and this is true, if Uber ends up break even on a net basis before the end of 2022, and mm -hmm. shows a net profit, early in 2023 and is trading at less than two times revenue yeah burp -pew! this is not yeah. buying advice but burp -pew! Yeah. yeah it could be it could be the setup and so i think this is where you know the market and all this you know headwinds that we talked about now you have to make changes and this is where layoffs can become a contagion uh, and I, I mentioned this over the weekend right right, right. you started to see people like fast.co go out of business right there was no time to do the layoffs. They waited too long. They should mm -hmm. have cut the company in half or by two thirds and still stayed in the game. They didn't. And then you see Cameo laid off, uh, on deck laid off. Who else laid off? A number of other companies have started the layoffs. Uh, oh, I did a little thing here. Well, we know better had their own problems. Yeah. Uh, Robin right. Hood laid off. So you're starting to see when you see layoffs in the 10% or greater, they're significant. 5% is a reorg. 5% means nothing. 
but right. 10 unless it's a huge number like you know google laying off five percent might be a very real number but would be a company with a right? thousand people laying off 50 that's a reorg you're supposed to cut the bottom 50 performers according to jack well mm -hmm. when you see 10 percent, when you see 25 percent, that means we want to extend our runway by x number of months we want to show profitability etc um and so we're going to start seeing those signs now this gives every ceo and every board um cover to do the layoffs mm -hmm. now you got cover to do layoffs you uh, consider them like reorgs in some cases because you know you're not getting rid of the top performers you're obviously going to start with the least least performance there's five ten percent you cut from any company you don't do it for culture reasons typically but if you have the opportunity to cut ten percent you're going to do it as a ceo um, yeah and so now everybody's doing it now the next phase happens molly which is if you don't do it and it's a recession then people start wondering why aren't you doing it? and then that yeah. puts a unique interesting pressure on the ceo the ceo and the management team have to go to their board they have to then think even to their own teams and to their shareholders hey the reason we're not laying off is because we are throwing off this amount of cash flow free cash flow every month we're profitable and we want to hire more people which is what google did uh through the recession they were hiring people um during the great recession because they were massively profitable mm -hmm. so anyway it's this is the this is what the summer is going to be every company is going to do a layoff or a reorg cut five percent uh, unless they have a really strong thesis of why they wouldn't right you know well unless um, they've been you know super disciplined and super lean i mean not yeah i know i'm like your bleeding heart mom over here but it's frustrating it's it's the bummer part of this is mm -hmm. that there are going to be these layoffs and some of them are going to be about contain. I mean, there, there could be lemming layoffs that aren't entirely necessary. And then you're releasing a bunch of your workforce into uh, an environment where it's right, where doors are closed, where there are hiring freezes. Yes. And so, you know, it's hard it's, not to, it's hard yeah. not to acknowledge that uh, up until now, when there were a bunch of layoffs, it was like, look, your tech employees, there are, you know, you've said this, there were there yeah. tech employees, there are lots of openings, like, they're, you know, you can't fill these jobs, blah, blah, blah. But at some point, soon, probably, these little ducklings who have only ever known a bull run are about to get sent into a world where every door is closed. And that is it's a it's a distinct possibility. It could be a little ugly the, briefly. Yes. The distinct possibility that that Google sheet with the list of the impacted employees who opt into being in the sheet, like, hey, call me if you have a job. Here's my title. Here's my LinkedIn URL. Here's yeah. my email. Those those may not be wanted by the, you know, those sheets may not be poured over by an HR department somewhere because there's a hiring freeze at Meta. They're there's a hiring. hiring freeze at Uber. There's a hiring freeze at Airbnb, whatever it is, yeah. or they're being super selective. So um, that's going to be the next thing. And so when that happens, then we're going to start seeing um, this is going to clash into and crash into, sorry, the work from home issue. Mm -hmm. um, you may have seen Apple. Yeah. So it's like, this is my, this is my two parter um, of predictions. Mm -hmm. a three-part one we're bouncing along the bottom in a recession now's the time to uh, be looking at these stocks and figuring out which ones you think will be here 10 years from now and if you were going to buy them i think this is going to be the choice opportunity to get into them uh, and this may this could last like a six months bounce bouncing along the bottom it could be 16 months you know usually mm -hmm. these recession things are six to 18 months so just be prepared for that if you're buying them you're not flipping them in the fourth quarter of this year it might be the fourth quarter of next year or two years from now the next piece is, okay, these stocks are hitting the floor, and then the layoff contagion. And now the third piece, Apple said, we're going to go back to three days a week, one day a week now, well, that was two weeks ago, and two days a week in two weeks, and then three days a week, I think three or four weeks from now by the end of this month. Yeah, there's like, you know, um, some very high level AI person, machine learning person in Goodfellow is yeah. not he the quit director over this? Of director of machine learning, like basically the guy who ran the right. division. So how do you read this, Molly? How do you read this person quitting? How do In you a note to them? staff, he said, I believe strongly that more flexibility would have been the best policy for my team. Mm -hmm. uh, there were some, I, this is where like I, may, I roll my own bird watch and I like mm -hmm. to read the comments and there were <laughs> several supply, several roll replies. Your own bird watch, nicely done. <laughs> Thank you. Several replies uh, that suggested that he had been there just about four years, mm -hmm. meaning he's vested, vested yeah. so that that could be a part of this. And sure. clearly he had gotten used to a lifestyle that he believed was very effective. Mm -hmm. 
I think that they, he probably still thinks he has choice and he may, uh, right? Like if you're, he might, although I will say the higher you get up, the more expensive you get as an employee headed into a recession, the harder it can be for you so, to find a job. But I, I don't, yeah. I mean, he may just literally be like, I don't want to work like that. Right. So and uh, I'm vested, so I don't have to. Here's my read. Yeah. Apple um, obviously believes in work from the office. They believe that's how the magic happens. They want right. to they want to win this battle with employees. The secrecy. Don't forget the secrecy part. That yes. apparently is a huge part of why Apple wants people in the office because it doesn't want Makes you to leave sense. in the office. Yeah. Yes. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe some uh, work from like home supreme uh, court documents to work from home, right? Like now yeah, that place you know. is going to be locked down and you're not going to be able to leave the building with anything. Uh, right. So, and it's hardware and design is a big part of it. But putting aside any of it, I think a lot of people believe that people are not working as hard when they're at home. That, and we can debate it. I'm sure there are people who are goofing off at home and I'm sure mm -hmm. there are people who are crushing it. And then there's these other factors, security, hardware, design, philosophies. I think what's actually happening here is Apple is challenging the employees and it's a a a loyalty test and b uh, a way to avoid having layoffs so, <laughs> so they, they want to like have people volunteer um, people will volunteer if you say everybody's coming back to work there's a certain number of people who left you know if i said everybody has to be in san francisco i lose you uh i lose ashley she moved up to napa you know like people moved all to different places that and if mm -hmm. I said we have to be in once or twice a week, I probably lose nobody. But people might be like, Ugh, you yeah. gonna pay for my Airbnb, if I have to stay overnight, are you paying for my Uber, like, it'd be a whole thing. Like, am I, do yeah. I get paid for my commute time? All these conversations would start to come up. Um, which I, <laughs> I saw some Apple employees kind of lobbying, like, are we being compensated? It's like for your commute? <laughs> no, that's not how the world works. I mean, but, the world didn't. But now there is this question of like, wait, this is a lot of time that I'm essentially donating to my company. Uh, hey, you chose where you, you chose a different where you kind of conversation, live. right? Yeah, right. But I mean, yeah. it's on the table. Like, but if they moved, right, like stuff is on the table now that didn't used to be on the yes. table. And like I do the, think yeah, the idea of like forcing the question. Yes, makes a lot of sense in that regard, because Apple's probably like, we don't want all that stuff on the table. Right? This is the so deal. It's, a, it's a power move. And I think they yeah. would love to cut 10% of the staff and be more efficient and uh, not have to do a layoff. And like, if people push out buying an iPhone because of the economy because they're behind uh, in their payments or whatever. And they say, yeah, I'll just keep an iPhone for one extra year now because I, I yeah. just want to save a little money. I don't want to spend the $1,400. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so now yeah, yeah. And you're like, they don't have to it's like, well, if they want to keep showing the earnings they have getting rid of some high priced employees. Yeah, that actually Might does help the, the bottom line. Yeah. And if those employees are not the ones who are going to be, you know, shoved out the door into a brutal job market, if it's like, look, you're the guy who's vested, you made a crap ton of money because the machine yes. learning is really like, and you don't want to come back to the office, fine. I, I don't, I do think it's very interesting that that guy tweeted about it. I think, you know, the, the sort of, because Wait, I'm, did he actually tweet it or did his, that it, was oh, the reporter. You know what, who, actually, he didn't tweet about it. You're yes, right. That was the yeah. reporter getting the yes. internal note that said this would have been a better decision for my team fair good point good point yes because yeah. i think leaving loudly in that regard he, is well he like did leak it to her or interest. somebody leaked it to her so obviously yeah he wanted it out there if he did and that. he said it and you know so it's yeah. it's it's gonna i just think it's a fascinating moment in time because we're yes. gonna find out what businesses can work remotely and what can't like yeah. it, it is so true that a hardware business i mean at least some people have to be you gotta like see it Mm -hmm. Then there's a question even about a software business, how collaborative do you want to be Whiteboarding, yeah. whiteboarding, all of that stuff. But then there's yeah. the other question of like, my God, is real estate expensive. And so if that's a cost that you can cut, yeah. are you going to be better? Like, I'm just so interested to see what this all what all this data looks like in five years. That's actually gonna be very interesting. You know, it, it, both models clearly can work. Yeah. We have not seen an at home model, a work from home model create a Google or Apple. There's WordPress, there's Envision, you know, work from home companies that have been and work from home forever. But they they're not trillion dollar companies, they're not hundred billion dollar companies, you know, they're, yeah. they're unicorns. So we know a unicorn can be made. Okay, checkbox. But could you make Facebook? Could you make Tesla? Could you make Apple? Could you make Google? Most people believe it can't be done. Now, 
Could you operate them in an emergency remotely? Of course you can, right? They're right. already built. They're already at scale. And obviously a factory and an Apple store are different. So put that on the side. But we're talking the creation of, you know, the iPhone, the creation of the Model S, the creation of yeah. uh, Google, you know, search or Gmail. Could they be done remote? Well, obviously the hardware stuff that exists in the real world, the answer is no. You have right. to be in a room. You have to, you're building it. Portions could be, software could be. And then the question is only could like a Google or Amazon level business, the, the virtual parts of it, not the God, it's so It is just such a know. fundamental culture question. Yeah. Because if you look at those companies, they all have a lot in common with a cult. <laughs> yes. And it's really hard to create. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a cult-like devotion to lunch. But yeah. it is really hard to create that sense of connection when people are at home. It's yes. like there are good things and bad things. You know, people are finding that there are a lot. It's easier for them to to say things to their like meetings are more equitable because you don't have that sort of in the room power balance thing. So right. people of lower level feel more comfortable, like sharing their opinion in a meeting. And previously, they maybe wouldn't have because they were physically intimidated. This is why I think the Zoom boxes should be based on. The size of the Zoom box should be based on your, <laughs> you just be this, whatever your salary is, that's the size of your box. That's and the you size just, of your box. It would be like one of those heat maps, you know, when they have stocks and the, you know, they show the market caps of them. And your opinion like, just matters Your opinion more. is based on that. How your many stock aura, options you have. <laughs> your purple aura says what you say matters more. But exactly. so like some parts of that are good. But in yeah. terms of creating like that sense of, I mean. In order to program somebody, you need to get them in your space and feed yes, them your drinks yeah. and have the party yes. and, you know, like have the club. And yes. so can you recreate that four times a year? I think is a real question. Can you get that like, you know, devotion? Yeah, that that uh, esprit de corpse, you know. That esprit uh, de corpse. Yeah. Can you build it uh, virtually? And, you know, like I, I feel we have a different type of um, enthusiasm at launch and insight as virtual companies than we do mm -hmm. in person. It's much less the relationship between us and more the work and the output that we're doing. And then people have, I think, happier home lives. And I find it's easier. Yeah. I, I feel like people are more content in their life outside. They're out, they're outies as opposed to their innies, going back <laughs> to severance. So I feel like the innies yes. aren't as like uh, sacrificing their outside life. Yeah. Therefore, they don't resent the company as much. Right. Whereas I felt people who had to come to an office, there was a sense of resentment uh, in some people. My family's at home. I'm missing dinner with my kids. I didn't get to drop my kid off at school because I had to get to the office for an early morning meeting. Some of my yeah. nanny had to drop them off or, you know, my neighbor had to pick them up and I'm missing that. It's so really true. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like for me, I like the remote thing in that I like having happy, content people working for me. And we're not making a car or a phone. Mm -hmm. We're investing slightly mm -hmm. different. Also, uh, we work so much more. Like I think you get an extra I, hour. Remote work, you get depending on what the commute used to be. You yeah. get and that was a bit that actually is how I ended up working from I was working from home for three years before the pandemic started. And a big part of that reason was because we were sort of trying this experiment where I would go to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a 45 hour 45 minute minimum drive yeah. each way. And the argument that I made is that that's just a you pay me too much to be yeah. offline for an hour and a half a day yeah. during, you know, rush hour of right. news and output. Right. Like that's just an that's not a good use of your money. Whereas if I'm at home, I'm going mm -hmm. to be working those hours. Yeah. And we have data that shows that like most Americans at, were ended up working like 30% more hours. I mean, that might not even be ideal, but people are working up to like 11 hours a day cuz yeah. you just you just can. Yeah. So and if, you're, if you enjoy your job, it's like, well, I'm awake and I don't want to stream something. I already worked out. Yeah. You know, basically that 2-hour commute, which is probably average. If the, the two hour commute, I think probably gets, work? I think it becomes work or it gets split 50 50. Right. And I'm they okay with that. 50 50. And honestly, yeah. so then depending on again, like this is why I wonder what that five year ROI is going to be. Yeah. What, how do you measure productivity? Did it go up? Mine it did certainly go up. did. When I went full time remote, way up. I don't know that I could do as much as I'm doing right now if I had to commute. Yeah. Um, and my commute's 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, wasn't yeah. that bad. I mean, in the pandemic, I was doing it in 22. 
it was pretty crazy easy Dang. easy job actually i kind of liked it because it would i would be listening to the news or a podcast or audio book on the way to work and on the way home it kind of gave me like a little decompression moment uh, i kind of like that piece to it but i realized not everybody is privileged enough to have a 20 minute commute some people have two hour you know whatever right. like 45 total minute a day i kind of enjoyed it actually it gave me like a little me time i think uh, that's that not I the enjoyed. worst i do miss that time i like the car i like the car time I like I do that enjoy car that. time. Yeah. It was like, but then, you know, if you missed your kid's thing, it kind of sucks. All right. Yeah. So anyway, this is, uh, I think my predictions. Bouncing along the bottom, mm -hmm. the winners are going to emerge. You'll be able to identify winners by uh, profitability and the change in unprofitability to profitability stock buybacks, either by executives or, um, you know, the company doing them and the layoffs. And then layoffs are going to be contagion-like over the summer. Everybody's going to rebalance everything. The job market is going to be very different uh, at the second half of this year. So people who felt they had three or four different job offers might only have one or two. I'm talking mm -hmm. about a sought, out, sought after person who easily had a right. competitive yeah. market for their services. Lock they might only now, have people. one or two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe I don't think salaries are going to go down, but I don't think you're going to be able to extract you know, that extra, you know, I got three offers. So hey, the new, you know, this is what I need kind of moment and then somebody be like oh, okay fine we'll pay it i mm -hmm. think that's gonna go away because people are like you know what we'll get by yep we'll get by we don't, we don't need to be in a dog fight for your services and so that'll be good for startups too mm -hmm. because i do think that there'll be some number of employees who are like oh, i don't want to if if this startup allows me to work from home so this machine learning guy uh and his team the members of his team are going to be like you know what we can go work at this company you know wordpress matt mullenweg's gonna let us work from home great we'll work from home Right. I'll go there. Oh, he doesn't pay as much as Apple or the options aren't worth as much, you know, whatever the RSUs. Apple can be more generous. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care. I, uh, it's working from home. You know, I, I, I want to ski 40 days in Tahoe. I want to set my own schedule, you know. Mm -hmm. Different yeah, people have me different points in life. And it will just, it will become part of a workplace culture question. Some culture, some places have this, others have this. You may have the choice for a little while, but I, I will. The only thing I will add to your prediction is if you're thinking about switching jobs, lock it in now. I think <laughs> it's probably probably good advice. All right. Lock it in. Good news as a mm. result of bipartisan legislation. Here we go. True story. Uh, you know how we, we refer to this all the time. Just say, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. Good news related okay. to bipartisan legislation, which was only barely bipartisan, let's be honest. But you remember how President Biden actually managed to get an infrastructure bill passed, and it was yes. a lot of money. As a result of that infrastructure package, mm -hmm. there is going to be much more availability of high-speed internet for low-income Americans. Okay, explain. Like, How do they do this? Amazing. How do they do this? Yeah. 20 internet services have agreed to cut prices or increase speeds to provide eligible households with affordable high-speed internet. They include okay. uh, providers that cover more than 80% of the U.S. population, AT&T, Comcast, Verizon. It means they'll offer plans with speeds of at least 100 megabits per second mm -hmm. for $30 a month Good to deal. households that qualify for this affordable connectivity program. This is, uh, of course, as I mentioned, part of this trillion dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill that passed. And this will be eligible or available to almost 50 million households, 48 million households that have an income at or below 200% of the federal poverty guidelines. Got it. How and this is a do huge they, deal. How do they know that? You have to apply to Verizon and tell them your household income? I think that it, probably and somewhat unfortunately, the federal government will operate this affordable connectivity program, mm -hmm. and then it'll just be based on your your tax returns. No, actually, wait a second. Right. I'm reading here. Um, oh, so you can get accredited through a government site. That's good. Mm -hmm. And it says it's based on income level or participation in government programs like Medicaid. Right. So if Medicaid, so that's a smart idea. If you right. if, you, if you're maybe low if you income get enough food for Medicaid, stamps, uh, do they call them food stamps anymore? I think they that's call them SNAP. SNAP benefits. Okay. SNAP. Mm -hmm. Got it. I know that food stamps was considered a, like, um, I don't know. Like, don't uh, know. now they call what? it SNAP or food stamps because people are very used to food stamps, but they gave it a sort of less like loaded name, I guess. Yeah. I guess that it was like shaming people that they were on food stamps. I remember when I was a kid, people on food stamps were shamed by right. it. Right. Um, so if you have Medicaid or SNAP benefits, I guess. So 11.5 million households have signed up to receive the ACP benefit. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. 
It's, uh, I mean, this is a great. huge deal for people who do want to work remotely, mm-hmm. uh, have some, you know, or have like a child care or just like, you can't, I mean, imagine if you're low income in America and you want to start a business. And the thing that is literally holding you back is access to broadband internet. We pay like the highest, I think the United States still pays more per megabyte than any other developed nation. Like our cost, you know, it's terrible. Our cost to speed situation is terrible. And it's because we just don't have enough competition. You know, this would have been great 20 years ago. I have to say, this is the fact that it took the government 20 years to do this is like just shows how dysfunctional and gridlocked our government typically is. I know. Um, the well, the great the- paradox here mm-hmm. or irony is that because of starlink and it's there's two other competitors that are coming uh mm-hmm. there's an independent one and i think amazon's doing it so there's gonna be three uh satellite based low earth orbit satellites which means they're really fast as opposed yep. to the old slow stuff they're gonna have three of those those are all going to be a hundred dollars and dropping a month and they're going to be really fast and you can use yeah. them anywhere then uh verizon and other 5g folks are doing 5g to the home which and then cities are banning like single uh access points to buildings so there's that legislation that i think just san francisco the bay area now did where you you know if you put the fiber into the home you can't like block other people right so what's going to happen here is this is going to be uh great for that group of people and at the same time is going to be a dogfight in pricing, I predict. And I think most Absolutely. homes will, most, these things are going to become so cheap that most homes are going to buy two different services because it's that uh, middle-class homes and above, I think are going to buy two services. Mm-hmm. So they're never down. That's how much our cup will runneth over. People are going to have a satellite and a fiber line or DSL. They're going to have 5G to the home and the satellite or 5G right. plus the landline. So right. people are going to have two of these things. I think it's going to be the, and if you think about it as a home, we have five people in a home. Having like two thirty to fifty dollars services makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, because uh, you want to be able to avoid congestion or have like you know have the work Halo stuff. streaming on this side and the work stuff on this side. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. I have work I have had up until five months ago two high speed internet services running to oh, my you house had for one redundancy for public radio. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just, and the one, and then the home one for redundancy. So they were both yes. plugged into the back of the box in case something went, you know, if Comcast oh, goes it, down, AT&T kicks in, it would automatically fail over. Yeah. That automatic failover routers are dope. I think everybody's going to have those. So. It's PIM. It's um, PIM. It is P-I-M-P. But yes, you're absolutely right. Like we're on the cusp of the competition that would have made this irrelevant, and but we took so long to either enable competition or give people this benefit that now it's coming not too late for people, but it is irritating that it didn't happen sooner. It's like they're going to solve the problem right before the problem is solved. Right before, you know, capitalism solves the problem. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, we love to, it, and I think there's a time for both. You know, I'm, I I think Absolutely. these, uh, we're not folks, there yet. So, well, I, you know, it, it feels like there should be uh, a little bit of government, government intervention here. Um, if, the uh prices aren't come naturally coming down naturally because of competition because of competition exactly yeah so you have to at least double click and find out why they're not going down mm-hmm. and what's being blocked and why and i think other folks because the whole i'll tell you why i'm not 100 percent free market on this one because there are edge cases where people who work in rural areas people who are low income well, and just uh, how hard the, the, it's been to get fiber to the middle of the country. There is no infrastructure. Like you well, can't I mean, really. We have a big country. You can't run fiber. You can't run fiber to farms. I mean, it's yeah. just not possible. The farms would have to pay a hundred thousand each to lay. You know, at least a hundred thousand dollars each to lay the distance between these things. So it's just strictly not possible. Yep, agreed. Um, totally so, agree. But, but also the va- the importance in society for this. So I would say, you know, deprecating the post office and moving some of the post office budget towards this would be another great use of funds because who wants like why are you going there well i i've i believe that the 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 post office should be a one day a week service two day a week service not a five six seven day a week service it should be like a backstop against the free market services and the fact that it's a five or six day, day a week service is why everybody gets a free ride and you get so many of these free flyers and real estate agents sending you stuff that gets thrown away. It's terrible for the environment. It's, um, 
and and you know there's i'm not saying those people should be fired they should be reassigned and they could be given pensions and you know a, a soft landing so i'm not cold-hearted about the employees there but just think about it from first principles would we create the post office today as it is currently would the united states create the post office today the answer is no there's amazon doesn't use the post office most times they're using their own services other ones we don't need it so once a week you get your post and if you want something faster well then sign up i, I just went through the exercise of taking every bill and making it e uh an e uh bill right an well, e that relies on broadband everywhere and affordable access to the internet but yes well, there which is, which i think point. there are well, maybe not a lot of infrastructure but, yeah. That would have to, well, it also replies on digital or, or you know, relies on digital literacy. A, like, a, phone, a lot yes. of things would have to be in place before you could do that. That's why I said one or two days a week, you know, and maybe in rural America, it's three days a week and in cities, it's one day a week. Yeah. Like does somebody living I'm in New York City needs seven day a can, week postal service, six days a week. I'm of the opinion service. that we can afford both if we make hard choices and get disciplined, but. Well, well what could we do with that money that would be better served? I, well, I like, think we could use the post office for more things, right? We have a globe, we have an internet, uh, we have a national infrastructure of post office so that people have been talking about, for example, using the post office to provide basic um, banking services. Huh, so that for the unbanked, you could do some banking at the post office, which used to exist. You could use that infrastructure for potentially more things. Just the government's so than bad we're using at it for now. That is, so, that is very true. All right. That's so that's, right. Uh, that's our Monday news wrap up. Okay, slash. Everybody government redesign session there you go